day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Thanks for joining us, everybody. JT here in studio with Bobby today. Lotus Broadcasting. This was brought to you by Golden Entertainment. And, man, do they have residencies over at the Strat where you can see Cheap Tricks, Sammy Hagar, go to the top, have one of the best dining experiences you could have, and 64-plus taverns here in the Valley. P.T., Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick, the SG Bar, all the spots that we love to promote because happy hours 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out to P.T.'s tonight for the Golden Knights as the Golden Knights need to get going now. Need to play better here over these last 10 games. They've been a little bit asleep. They're trying to get Jack Eichel going. Stone is out. Everybody knows how they're trying to manipulate the salaries and get ready. But it's go time. With San Jose coming up and what they have to do, it's go time for our Golden Knights here in town. We'll talk to Dan Duva next hour, the voice of the Golden Knights, to talk about this game and the upcoming stretch and what's going to happen here. Russell Baxter, the football guru, longtime statistician and analyst at ESPN behind the scenes. He's the numbers guy at ESPN for decades. Now he does a lot of free, freelance work. We'll talk to him about the combine and all the talk about the quarterback still. What I've learned now over the last couple of years, recent years, there's always been free agent quarterbacks in the history of this league, and the quarterbacks move the needle more than anybody. But now it's out of control. Now it's out of control because quarterbacks won 40 to 50 million bucks. And they're standing firm on that money. And the Raiders have a quarterback in Derek Carr who's really good, has a losing record, has never won a playoff game, but we know he's better than his record, and it's not his fault. Right? It's not his fault. There's been a lot of turnover. Been a lot of turnover with coaches. There's been some tragedy around the team. And then you got Kyler Murray, who doesn't seem to want to play for a rate of five million bucks. I don't blame him. He outperformed his contract. Patrick Mahomes is getting $45 million a year. Justin Herbert's probably going to make 50 a year when he comes up with the L.A. Chargers. What do you think Joe Burrow's going to make? What do you think Joe Burrow's going to make in a couple of years? And we're going to get to the point where they're probably that won't happen, but you need to cap the quarterback position. What are you going to do for 17 games? Pay a quarterback $70 million? Well, you will if Amazon comes into the deal and Facebook comes into the deal and you're paying Troy Aikman, who doesn't play anymore, if you're paying him $20 million to do one game a week, not play in the games, not do all the games, just do one a week, and you're going to give him $20 million, then you wonder why these quarterbacks are going insane and they want to get paid. So as the combine hits, combine talk is really, really boring unless quarterbacks are throwing. And people are running fast. I've said this for years. Early in my career, going to the Combine, haven't been there in years. They have a radio row there. The Raiders are there with their digital team. Vinnie Bonsignor, our teammates there. I'm assuming Ed Graney, our friend, is out there too. And the coach, the coaches talking really make the news. And Josh McDaniels, I believe, is doing that tomorrow. And Vinnie Bonsignor will join us tomorrow after Coach McDaniels speaks. Several... Um, head coaches spoke today and made news. Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys. And there was a lot of talk today. A lot of guys ended up speaking, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. And then the news about Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers 
now reportedly wants to be the highest paid player out there. Aaron Rodgers wants upwards to $50 million a year. $50 million to play on a short-term deal for two years. So, yeah, that's what's going to happen coming up here. And Aaron Rodgers is in play with the Raiders, not to be the Raider quarterback, but he's in, in high play for the Raiders and the station, the conversation, because he's going to be the reason that the Raiders can get Devontae Adams or not. Does everybody understand that? That's really important here as a huge Raider offseason topic. Raiders are going to assign a bunch of guys. And some guys you're not even going to know they're going to be practice guys or guys who aren't going to make the team. But then they're going to have an opportunity to make a splash with a couple of players and the free agents. And they're supposed to be either former Patriots or certain players that want to play in Vegas for a number of reasons. The coach, no state taxes, the quarterback, the fan base, the history of the Raiders, whatever it is. All of that needs to come together, and the recruiting has to be fantastic. The Raiders can no longer swing and miss in the first, second round on reach picks. Players that they believe have a lot of character and are good, but they don't make it and they don't get to their first contract, out of their first contract, their rookie deal. The Raiders have to do a much better job in the draft, where Mike Mayock did a pretty good job with a lot of picks. Hunter Renthro, Max Crosby. You go around the list, and I like what they did in free agency. Casey Hayward. Denzel Perryman. You go around with the players that they brought in. The Raiders brought in players that had a major impact on a franchise that made it to the playoffs and was having a playoff drought for a while, and now they're back in. How do they not take a step back before taking a massive step story, uh, a step, uh, step forward? And a lot of people are talking about that. That's what some people outside the Raiders think could happen. I'm not one of them that... By the time they set this front office, set the coaching staff, get everything going, get rid of the players they don't want, get rid of the players they don't want, they and play a brutal schedule, they might take a little bit of a step back before they have the organization and the front office where they want it so then they can be consistent for a long run. I think they can go from 10 wins to 11 or 12, but it's going to take a lot of work because last year they won several games that they could have lost, and that's the reason they won 10 games was all those walk-off wins and overtime wins. If they go the other way, you go from a 10-win team to a 7- or 8-win team. And a lot of gamblers take the other side of that thinking it all resets. But I think the Raiders are going to have a better offense. I think their offense is going to be more explosive. And I know that the defense, which played solid last year, is going to get better in the red zone because of the coaches that they brought in who have a big track record in red zone defense. But we're all learning this together. I mean, I don't know anybody. I mean, I know a few people now. Used to know everybody. There's a lot of turnover as of late. And I have confidence that this coaching staff is going to be in the right place at the right time to get this team going. So we'll hear Josh McDaniel speak tomorrow. And when it comes to Devontae Adams, we really haven't done this topic yet. And I thought it was good today. Tomorrow's my last show that I'm taking off for a week after that. Heading back east to Florida to see my parents. So I got two shows left. I got a bunch of guests today. So I want to do some obvious Devontae Adams talk. I want to know from Raider fans specifically, what do you want to do to give up to get this guy? In free agency, are you willing to pay him? Are you willing to pay him to be the highest paid receiver in football? Very specific question. In order to do that as a follow-up, do you believe that Derek Carr has to take a discounted deal? I don't get in the way of Derek's money. Never have, never will. Don't anybody go up to Derek and say, hey, the knucklehead on at noon is talking about you taking a discount. I would never do that. 
I, I don't get involved with Mark Davis and Derek Carr's money. Never have, never will. And when it comes to making the move, if the Packers franchise tag him, what would you want to trade to go go get him? Would you give up something good? I wouldn't give up Max Crosby. I wouldn't give up Hunter Renfro. Yeah, but other than that, I wouldn't give up Colt Miller. But other than that, isn't everybody on the table? Isn't everybody on the table? I mean, who's untouchable on this team? Who's untouchable? Is Josh Jacobs untouchable? I don't know. I look at his stats. He has a tough time getting 75 yards a game. But can he have a great year? He was very good down the stretch. Loved the way he played down the stretch. But maybe that's a good topic, too, to hit on today. Who is untradeable on the Raiders? Who? Give me the names. Who do you say, we do we do not move this person in a trade for Devontae Adams at any cost? Because a lot of times you trade picks. Packers might want a player. Why wouldn't you? I wouldn't want picks in this league. Now I want players. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. The Rams. They don't want your picks. They want players. Guys who can step up and get it done. So who on the Raiders roster is untouchable? I'll go first. I think Derek Carr, but insiders have said if the Raiders ever moved to get someone better, such as a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, he'd be included in a trade. But I never thought that trade would happen at the quarterback position. So Derek Carr I would put in the untouchable category. I'd put Hunter Renfro in there. I mentioned Colton Miller. I'd put Darren Waller in there. I'd put Max Crosby in there. Other than that, I'm a big fan of Perryman and Yannick Ngakwe, but they're not untouchable. Trayvon Merrig is a really good young player who just started with the team. I like him long-term. I wouldn't call him untouchable, but I don't think he's a player you would move. And then you got the kicker and the punter who are pretty good, right? You got the, you got the kicker and Carlson and Cole, the punter, who went to the Pro Bowl. They're really good. My point is there aren't many players on this team that are untouchable where you couldn't move. And there's several of them around this league. Look, the Cowboys are looking to move Amari Cooper. And the Raiders already moved him. And he's not loving that and what's going on there. So these are important topics. I want to hear from you today before the guests we have lined up. 888-623-3646. As we are underway, ready to go here momentarily. And we get to some of the sound that's out there. Also, Ian Rappaport at the Combine on Aaron Rodgers. Again, Aaron Rodgers is taking all the oxygen out of the room, everybody. Aaron Rodgers is the big story about what he's going to demand. Yeah, it's hard to go anywhere in Indianapolis without anyone saying, hey, what's the latest on Aaron Rodgers? And, and even, you know, you see some of the you know general managers walking here and do media, guys like George Payton, and not a lot to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but everyone's wondering. Here's my understanding of where it stands with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The two sides are in negotiations. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for what is expected to be a short-term deal that would make him the highest paid player in the NFL. Of course, we are all waiting on a firm and final decision from Aaron Rodgers on definitely staying in Green Bay. That has not come. He also could retire. He also could ask the team uh, that they consider a trade. But the way it's going, uh, certainly it is headed in a good place. He has spoke positively about the Packers and the fact that they are negotiating a possible deal for him to maybe take when he makes a decision, it's all good news for Green It kind of sounds like he's made the decision that at least I'm willing to talk extension, therefore I can see myself here. But right. the money's got to be right. Yeah, and, and I'm not concerned about the money. They will figure it out because he's going to be the highest paid player if he accepts market deal. I don't think anyone 
disputes that he's worth it. And, and Rogers is pretty open and upfront about the positive communication he had uh, after the season, right? He stayed three or four extra days in Green Bay. They went over literally everything from players you would keep, contracts, what the draft would look like, needs, everything, as if he was going to be back. He hasn't told them he's going to be back. But again, these are the sorts of actions of someone who at least is strongly considering returning next year. So what do you get there? You get that he's strongly considering returning to the Packers. And why would he strongly consider going to the Packers? First off, he's comfortable. It's the playbook. It's his playbook. Secondly, as of now, he has Devontae Adams, who's the best player out there, period. Best wide receiver there. He plays in an easy division where there's a lot of chaos and turnover. So if Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay and they make him the highest paid player of all time over a two-year period, why wouldn't he take that? He, He would never turn that down. Unless his ego gets in the way and there's a better fit. And the only fit that people see that makes sense is Denver. But in order for Denver to do that, Denver has to give up a lot. They not only have to give up players to do it and draft equity, they're going to have to pay him $50 million a year, which they might not want to do. So Aaron Rodgers is playing a very tricky game right now. He assumes that he could get the money. He knows he can get the money in Green Bay. Everybody seems to be telling him in Green Bay, that they're dying to have him back, and they'll pay him the price. So what's he doing? Why is he holding everybody hostage? He's doing it because he's changed over the last four or five years with his personal relationships, his attitude with the media, and his ego has exploded. His ego has exploded. So he's going to want to draw out and gain the most media attention possible. That's why he goes on the Pat McAfee Show once a week. That's why he has cryptic Instagram posts. And that's why he's always out there on SportsCenter every night. He likes it. He didn't like that early in his career. Now he loves it. And it fuels him. It fuels his ego. And it makes him want this every day. It's like a drug. Every day he needs to have this type of media attention. And there is a little bit of blowback because if he takes all the money, and the Packers, remember, didn't win a playoff game last year. So what does it do if he takes more money and they're not able to get better players? That has a big effect on how this works out. As Bobby told me, give out the right number, 702-365-9200, as we open up the show here. I welcome in my friend Russell Baxter, the football guru, a great man when it comes to stats, insights, connections around the NFL. So the combine opens And, Russell, this year reminds me of last year and the year before. It's all about the quarterbacks not coming into the combine and the draft, the free agent quarterbacks who want more money and guys like Kyler Murray who are under contract and want more money. Is that the big topic for you coming into this combine? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. It's going to be, you know, we had nine head coaching changes from the start of uh, last year, which is the most since 2009. Um, and for the second straight year, we had our share of general manager coach changes. Okay. And that's also one of the reasons it took so long for the head coaches, at least in my mind, to get named. Uh, you know, there was a period there was like, well, we have all these openings. Nobody's making a move. Uh, but you got to have a general manager for the most part to do that. So now everybody's in place and you just have a series of circumstances, JT, where first off you had two Huge names retire, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, you've got uh, the Colts seemingly unhappy with Carson Wentz. 
Okay, and be it, I don't know if it's necessarily Jim Irsay or it's Chris Ballard or, or whoever and so on, but um, they seem like they, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to move on, but they've got some things to work out there. Uh, who knows what's going on with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, the Niners traded up to the third pick in the draft and took Trey Lance, which means Jimmy Garoppolo's future is what? We don't know. So, uh, you know, Russell Wilson gets thrown into the mix. Um, and you combine that with the fact that, you know, for those people who do this, then I don't do it because I don't really rate college players. This is not a quote unquote strong rookie quarterback class. So you're going to have some teams want to fill the void with a veteran rather than, uh, someone, you know, experience and maybe wait a year on so on. So it's, it's one of those perfect storm situations. Um, and of course, we're coming off a year where we saw a team trade for a quarterback, and that quarterback in the team won the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Russell Baxter, NFL writer, historian, fan sided. He contributes to a lot of other sites, well connected around the league. So before I get to some of these individual quarterbacks, and especially Kyla Murray, I think it's very interesting now. Denver Broncos GM George Patton said earlier today, quote, everything's on the table to find a quarterback for this upcoming season. Well, everybody thinks it's Aaron Rodgers. That's the fit. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go or the Packers don't want to give, you know, let him go because they're not getting enough in return, what does Denver need at the quarterback position there? Because Locke and Bridgewater don't seem to be the answer there. Could that be a, a landing spot for Russell Wilson? Possibly. Uh, and like he said, everything on the table. I mean, they've been searching for a quarter. And, and I say this respectfully. They've been searching for a quarterback even the year that the Broncos won the Super Bowl because Peyton Manning was not himself, sat out for a while, um, and then came back at the beginning of the, uh, at the end of the year, the second half of the game against the Chargers and guided him through the playoffs basically on scotch tape and string. Um, he was pretty much shot uh, the second half of the Super Bowl against Carolina. They haven't made the playoffs since. They have not made the playoffs since uh, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, they've had five straight losing seasons, which you have to go back to the early, early days of the Broncos to see something like that. So, um, And they've gone through Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch um, and Case Keenum, and you mentioned Bridgewater and Locke, and you know the year that you know last year with COVID, they had four different starting quarterbacks because of the COVID situation, and so on. So yeah, I get it. Everything is, certainly has to be on the table for them because they have drafted a lot of good young players on both sides of the ball, especially offensively with the wide receivers and Noah Fant and so on, and somewhat going to waste. So here they are again with another head coaching change as well. Nathaniel Hackett is out there, people putting two to two together because of Aaron Rodgers and so on. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, um, but in some ways it kind of hinges on what's going to go on in Green Bay as far as what are the Packers' plans for Aaron Rodgers and vice versa. Are they going to sign him to a short-year deal? Or are they going to redo his deal? They and the, and the Saints are the two teams, JT, that are in the most cap hell, okay? But we have already seen the Packers redo contracts already. Bakhtieri, mm -hmm. um, Aaron Jones, 
Um, so they're doing what they can to free up money so they can get under the cap. And trust me, if you're not under the cap this year, boy, if you remember the cap jump, jumps up this year to 208.2, okay? About $30 million more than it was a year ago. Of course, last year it took a step backwards because of COVID and so on. But if you're not under 208.2, boy, I'd like to see your book. Russell Baxter, at Bax Football Guru, a must-follow. Let me stay out in the AFC West with Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, a new front office for the Raiders, a Raider team that won 10 games with an interim head coach in Rich Basaccia and some really good players. And it seemed like they pretty much cleaned house. All the coaches but one are, are back. So if you look at what's happening with their coaching staff and this philosophy coming off John Gruden and Mike Mayock at the Combine last year, Everybody's looking at Devontae Adams. Well, if Green Bay tags him, then the Raiders have to go trade to get him. If they don't, then he becomes this free agent, which I don't see him not getting tagged, and he'll be the highest paid, and the Raiders would have to make room for that salary along with Derek Carr. What do you think is the big issue for Josh McDaniels as he tries to take this team to the next level? Well, I think it's finding people uh, that fit his style of football. Now, this is not Josh's first foray into being a head coach, and it's not his first foray into being a head coach in the AFC West as well, as you well know. So, uh, listen, Devontae Adams is very intriguing, uh, very appealing. Um, is he the same player without Aaron Rodgers? And uh, I say that because I'm not knocking Devontae Adams. So please don't take it that way. I'm saying you see guys who have amazing rapport with each other, okay? And that's what you get with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, okay? So is there an adjustment? Obviously, there would be an adjustment period if he went to somewhere else. But I'm with you. I, I can't see him escaping Green Bay this year unless they deal him, okay? Which, of course, you can – once you get a – if you sign a player to the franchise tag – and or assign him, and we're going to know about those within, I think, the week and so on. If they agree to sign the tender, then you can do whatever you want with that player, mm-hmm. okay? And we've seen that, you know, okay, I'll sign the tender, and then you can trade me and so on. So it, it, teams have, another, like, 15 days to get under the cap. Some teams are already way over there. The Chargers, by the way, have an immense amount of cap room, and I'm going to be right about them later this week, you know, that maybe a time for them to make some big moves and so on. But I'll be curious because again, you know, it's funny. You see these teams that struggle and I listen, I give the Raiders a lot of credit. They had a mess in the middle of the year and so on. And their, and their standings reflected that they won their first three games and lost their, they won their last four games in the middle. We all know what happened both on and off the field and so on. So, you know, Devontae Adams with what they have there would be, I mean, so appealing. Okay. And, and I obviously, you know, Derek Carr and all that and so on. Um, to me, if you're the Raiders, you guys spend money on defense, JT. They just can't seem to get that side of the ball. And the pass rush and Gawkway and Max Crosby and so on, but they've got some guys in the middle. They got to get redone like Hankins and Jefferson and Solomon Thomas and so on. So, the, the, the rate, I go back to 2016, pardon me for babbling. When you have the NFL Defensive Player of the Year and your defensive unit gives up 45 offensive touchdowns, 
that's a great individual honor, but the Raiders haven't had defense, de- decent defense in over a decade. I agree with you. They really need to put money on the defensive side of the ball. Finally, the NFL is letting us know more and more about these international games, the game that we'll be at, and we always see you in Canton for the Raiders and the Jaguars for the Hall of Fame game. But then mm-hmm. you add in Germany and the London games, and COVID's not over yet. But obviously masks are coming off and people are getting more comfortable traveling. This is a big deal. Now, Roger Goodell, he's sold on the international games. Why is that? Well, I think you've got to go back to the, to the um, old, when the league had um, NFL Europe, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was a big success. And then eventually they had to pull the plug on it and so on. But the merchandising over there, do you remember the Barcelona Dragons? Yeah, sure. And all the teams and so on. They've always had success. I mean, the NFL succeeds no matter where it goes. And, you know, social media and the TikTok and all that stuff has done nothing but strengthen their brand um, with younger audiences and more international audiences and so on. So, um, and and the fact that they've expanded the European uh, market and so on, um, I I think it's a big plus. And we're going to have Mexico and so on. Here's the bigger question. Are you going to be at the Hall of Fame game? I'll be at the Hall of Fame game. Clip Branch wouldn't miss it for the world. Can't wait. I never miss the Hall of Fame unless they don't have it and so on. So you and I will have to get together for a um, some wings somewhere. We will. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Great to catch up with you. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. You got it, JT. Russell Baxter. Very good conversation. A very well-connected NFL insider. I like the international games, but I was tweeting back and forth with Raider fans today. There's a chance that the Raiders can play in the road London game as the road team, and it could be against New Orleans. And we don't want to lose the New Orleans road trip. Raider Nation loves New Orleans. So if it just turns out that it falls on the Raiders to play in London against New Orleans, to me that'll be a mistake by the league because Raider fans will take over Bourbon Street like they have in the past like they had for my party in the past. It's incredible there. We love it there. But if they end up playing another game in London, and it would be tough to do because travel's tough when you play in London. Remember, when a team out west plays in London the week before, they have to play on the East Coast to travel out. So that's two road games it takes, and then you got to have the bye week after London. So you come out of London, and you better win, and you come out of that as a road team, and you come home, you're on the bye week, and you're like, oh, my God, we've just been traveling for two weeks. You need a bye week just from the travel. So we hope the Raiders don't get chosen. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to go see the Raiders play internationally. This is a fantastic road schedule for the Raiders this year, and it's going to be a big topic on this show for quite some time. And the Raiders have to take care of it because the schedule's really tough. So with the, t- with the schedule being this tough this upcoming year and having to play an extra week, they got to play an extra preseason game, everybody. They're playing at the Hall of Fame game, so they got to start camp a little bit earlier. And that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work coming off their schedule last year. But remember, last year they opened up with Baltimore and Pittsburgh and were 2-0. Schedule hasn't bothered the Raiders lately. They can get off to a pretty good start. 702-365-9200. Phones have been quiet, which is a good thing. I'm going to get a break from myself starting Thursday. Passionate Raider, take advantage of it. Go ahead. What's up, JT? How you feeling, man? Doing good. Thank you. Man, it's this week I had a bit, got a little cold this week, man. I've had to miss work yesterday and today, but today I feel a little bit better. But so 
I couldn't, I couldn't go to work. We got a little small shop and don't want to get the old man in there sick. So I decided to head out to the lake today. Braidwood, Illinois opened up. First day open water. I've already got five on the scale today, JT, at 317, the biggest largemouth of the day. It's beautiful out here, man. Light breeze blowing. But I'm really, I've got my butt kicked today. This fishing ain't easy. All right, great topic today, JT. The, the, this, everyone's still talking about this, man. And, and this is just my view and my take on Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is great. We had a caller call in last week and compared numbers from Devontae Adams to Brian Edwards the first two years. Mm-hmm. Numbers are similar. Numbers are similar. So, you know, and just like the guy just said, you know, has De- who, what would Devontae Adams be without, uh, uh, without Aaron Rodgers like he, has, like he has had? So, you know, I think Devontae Adams, for the price tag that he's going to get, JT, he's more of a player that needs to be a team that just that doesn't really have nothing that can afford to give him. We have too many holes, and I've been saying it for the past month, and, and the guy and the gentleman you just had speaking just said the same thing. Defense. I've been hollering defense. I've been hollering these cornerbacks. I mean, our offense, Derek Carr has been in this league long enough. That he, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to win. Yeah, but let me with, jump with, in. Let me jump in, my friend, and have a good time fishing. Keep catching those big ones. I'll say again, you get Devontae Adams if he's available. Look what the Rams did to win the Super Bowl. They had Cooper Cup. He had the greatest statistical season of all time, better than Devontae Adams. They went out and got Odell Beckham Jr., and they won the Super Bowl. If the Raiders have a chance to pair up Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they both want that. We know they both want that. You do it, unless it breaks the bank. Unless it breaks the bank, and someone's going to have to give something. Either Devontae Adams or Derek Carr or possibly both to pair them up. But from all reports, is those two want to play unless Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay and Devontae Adams says, I get two more years with Aaron Rodgers, that will guarantee me a gold jacket in the Hall of Fame. And it will. It will. That's how good Rodgers is to Devontae Adams. So if I'm Devontae Adams and they tag me and I'm getting a raise and I'm playing with Aaron Rodgers and I'm playing in the playoffs and I got a chance to go to the Super Bowl and get a gold jacket, that's a pretty good decision for him to make but if he wants to have fun play at a high level for a playoff team and play with one of his best friends the only choice is las vegas with the raiders that's why this is going to be the biggest compelling offseason story period unless we don't see something coming in unless there's something out there in the weeds that we don't see the biggest offseason story for the silver and black should be what's going to happen with Devontae adams and that's going to be predicated on aaron Rodgers resigning or not and most people believe he will resign I got that right last year. I thought he'd resign, but I speculated every day with you that he could move. Tom Brady could go to the 49ers, but Bruce Arian said today it would take five first-round picks. He was joking, but Tom Brady's still property of the Bucks if he wants to come out of retirement and go to the 49ers. Those X's and O's were brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When I'm talking X's and O's, it's with a Remy Martin sidecar in my hand. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Grabbed by Adams Baseball to Morant. Morant! Oh! oh! Good night! End it all right there! Jakob Pertl has been posterized! 
with a vicious right-handed jam by John Morant. I thought I'd seen it all, and now I've seen more. A seven-footer just got ended at the rim, and it is buzzing in FedEx Forum. Wow, that was amazing last night. John Morant in the NBA had one of the greatest games I've seen. He had three super highlights that will stay with him the rest of his life. Maybe you get one of those a year. He got three in a game. He had that poster dunk over a seven-footer, which was vicious. He also hit a shot about almost at half court, between half court and the three-point line, which was incredible to see. And then this buzzer beater that came at the end of the second quarter, Stephen Adams threw it the length of the court. He caught it in the corner of the court, and with no time left, went up in the air, caught it, and just threw it in the rim. It was incredible to see. Adams baseball pass, one of two. Morant catches. Oh. In midair. Oh, oh my, my God. He caught oh it in midair. He caught it in midair and floated it up and in. You have got to be kidding me. John Morant is at an absolutely another level. A baseball pass caught in midair, redirected to the basket from 20 feet out. Oh, my goodness. What are we witnessing? Greatness is not even an applicable description. Insanity, otherworldly. Take them all, bag them up, and put a number 12 on it for John Moran. It was truly amazing to see last night. I was watching it live, and I was on the air when it was happening. It was incredible. So that was like a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant mixture of a game last night. And I wanted to talk about that. Afterwards, he scored 52 points, the Grizzlies' record, as he's just a baby in the league. Got to be the 50 ball, man. First in history. I ain't going to lie. I don't know if I can talk about that right now, man. My head all over the place. Um, just thankful for my teammates, you know, my coaches. You know, they believe in me, have, you know, all the confidence in the world that, you know, I can go and, you know, make the right play. And, you know, tonight uh, they were looking for me and, like I said before, as I got close, they told me to, you know, go ahead and go get it. It was incredible. So if you're a basketball fan, and again, we're counting on basketball fans in Vegas during the Raider offseason. We're counting on basketball fans because Bill Simmons, who has a big podcast, big, you know, running the ringer, and his podcast recently mentioned Vegas. I have some intel. Okay. I think, I think the league is going to expand to Vegas and to Seattle. And I think... The leading contender to get that Vegas team is going to be the Fenway Sports Group that, you know, that they have Liverpool, they've bought the Penguins. They have been circling different NBA teams for a while. I think they looked at Minnesota, and I think they're the leading contender to Vegas. And if I had to bet on a LeBron scenario, it would be for him to be involved with whatever happens with that, where he is the point man of that Vegas team. And I haven't heard that mentioned. I don't care if it gets aggregated because I think I'm right. I think that is... Scenario A for LeBron. He wants to be an owner. I think he wants to run one of these teams. And I think conversely, I think the NBA is looking at this going, we can add these huge expansion things. I heard combined, we're talking $6.57 for the two teams. That is incredible. So it comes down to, and I don't believe LeBron's coming to Vegas and all that, but Bill Simmons does. And he brought that up and he put it out there. And a lot of people are talking about it. Today, the problem with an expa- a current team coming here for team moves, expansion team would work great here. As you know, it worked well with the Golden Knights. Expansion team would be amazing here because then every NBA fan would have a new f- new team to join. And you wouldn't have to get rid of your – you'd be able to get rid of your old team easy. You can get rid of your old team if you have a new team. I did it with the New York Islanders with the Golden Knights. 
you know, I love Vegas. I love hockey. So it was easy for me to make that move. But if the New Orleans Pelicans moved here, I'd be happy for Vegas. It'd be good, but I wouldn't become a Vegas whatever fan over the Knicks. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. But if you gave me a brand new team to talk about expansion-wise, I'd be interested in that conversation. Rooting for something brand new is very easy to do. And the Raiders are in the NFL, and there's enough Raider fans to worry about it. The Raiders don't have to convert Chief and Denver fans to make Allegiant Stadium rock and sell out every ticket. They don't need that. Now, if they get some conversion with other fans that go, I love Vegas, I'm here, I'm a season ticket holder, I'm giving up my team. But the Raiders don't need that. The Raiders got fans all around the globe. Plenty of fans that want to come here, and millions upon millions of Raider fans who still haven't even been in Allegiant Stadium yet. Wait till they get their chance to get tickets and get in here. So that was an important storyline there I wanted to hit on. Also in the NBA, one more topic on what's happening with Kyrie Irving. They have not lifted the mandate for him to play in New York. They're taking the masks off in New York, but there is a provision with private companies, and he's not able to play yet. Uh, Adam Silver knows this. A lot of other people understand what's happening here. And, you know, I look at this, I look at what's happening, and I'm pretty amazed by this topic that it hasn't cleared up in quite some time. That it hasn't cleaned up in quite some time because he's supposed to, he's supposed to be able to play by now. And here's the mayor of New York City on what they're trying to figure out. Listen, I want Kyrie on the court. You know, I would do anything to get that ring. <laughs> I say, you know, so badly I want, I want it. But there's so much at stake here. And, you know, I, I spoke with the owner of the team. We want to find a way to get on the court, but this is a bigger issue. I can't have my city closed down again. And I, it was sending the wrong message just to have an, an exception for one player when we're telling a countless number of New York City employees, if you don't follow the rules, you won't but, but, be able to be employed. I love that soundbite for one reason. You don't break the rules for Kyrie Irving. If you got a lot of employees in New York City that have to follow this specific mandate. If you want to get rid of the complete mandate for the whole city, then Kyrie can play. You're not breaking rules for Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving, if he's not able to play, Brooklyn's not going to win a championship. 702-365-9200. And then the Lakers are back playing tonight. Shaq was on CNBC yesterday talking about LeBron. LeBron's getting a lot of coverage as of late because LeBron's not happy. The Lakers are in the tank. Here's what Shaq thinks. The Lakers are definitely struggling. When you put together a, a talented team or a perceived talented team, they expect you to do well. You know, Lakers expect you to win, Boston expect you to win, Miami, New York, they always expect you to win. And the Lakers are not even in the playoffs now, so it's just the trials and tribulations of being a great player. But if you trade LeBron, you'll never win again. So you have to, you know, make a decision. If you put LeBron around the, the right guys, he's definitely going to win, so... You know, I think whoever put that team together needs to step up and, and try to fix it. And, you know, maybe the guys could try to salvage the season by just saying, hey, we got 20 games left. Let's just play play hard every game and, you know, see where we can take it. But I've been booed before. And, you know, it's not a good feeling. So hopefully they'll pick it up. Uh, more from Shaq there. So that's what you got. We're keeping an eye on the combine. Vinny Bonson, yours there. Josh McDaniels will speak tomorrow. Uh, He'll speak to the Raiders digital team there. So we'll have some fresh sound from the Combine coming up here in the next couple of days here. And we'll see what's happening because the Raiders are there to look at players. to obviously get in front of the draft here. They don't have a great draft pick. It's not bad. 20 seconds, not a bad pick. But do they trade up to get a better player? Do they trade back? And what are they going to do in free agency? 
Josh McDaniels is going to have a lot of people asking him questions at the Combine coming up because of the way he got to the Raiders, which is all good. Why did he decide to come back to the league now with the Raiders? Very similar to John Gruden. Remember, John Gruden was out for a long time. He was happy being a broadcaster. Then all of a sudden, boom, John Madden like he comes back. And everybody's asking why. And he said because I want, he wanted to coach the Raiders. And that was sincere. Why did Josh McDaniels not take the job in Indy or, or wait for another job? Because he saw something in Las Vegas with the Raiders that intrigued him. And it starts now as he built this staff and what they're trying to do in, at the Combine in the draft. Very important. Very important that they come out of this whole process. Free agency, trades, the combine and the draft. They've got to get a superstar. This is Vegas. Got to get a superstar. But these gentlemen in the past, they just do it with really good players. They're not chasing stars. They just want to put the best players in the best position to win. That was the Patriot way that they bring to Las Vegas. An update on the baseball lockout coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio. The entire world awaits the decision for Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to want to remain in Green Bay or is he going to approach the team and say, I would prefer that you trade me or is he going to step back and retire? He has not announced his decision yet. However, behind the scenes, I am told that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers representation are working on a deal. Nothing is done, but they are having discussions. They are having negotiations to have a deal, hopefully for them, ready to go if and when Aaron Rodgers firmly and finally decides that he wants to return. And no surprise, this would be a short-term deal that would make Rodgers the highest-paid player in the NFL. Of course, that is what the reigning MVP deserves and likely what he will get. Again, nothing is done, but the two sides are at least going back and forth, having discussions, waiting for Rodgers to make his decision. Of course, the Packers want to do nothing to get in the way of that, but they hope and believe he'll want to come back. That's Ian Rappaport, NFL Network from the Combine, as Aaron Rodgers, once again, is the biggest story of the offseason, and he likes it that way. He wants it to be that way. I don't know why. It's just a part of his life now. And Russell Wilson's also a big name, and Deshaun Watson and their availability. If all three of those dominoes fell at the same time, they all ended up at different teams. It would be massive. If Rodgers wasn't a Packer, Russell Wilson wasn't a Seahawk, and Deshaun Watson, who will never be a Texan again, if all three of those quarterbacks landed in three different cities, it would change the competitive balance of the NFL. Everybody knows that. Those are massive quarterbacks who are available. But we'll see. We'll see if Green Bay really wants to do this. If, if Green Bay decides to do this, Rodgers better be all in. All right, I want to make sure we give you an update on what's happening with Major League Baseball. Bob Nightingale of USA Today has reported, this is just in the last half hour, excuse me, 42 minutes ago. These are the tweets Bob Nightingale put out. He's the premier baseball insider. MLB spokesman says they couldn't make up the right number for the CBT, the luxury tax proposal last night. So we agreed to extend the deadline to exhaust every option. The MLB Players Association had a decidedly different tone today and made proposals inconsistent with previous discussions. More from Nightingale 29 minutes ago. The union, those are the players, vehemently disagree. 
that their tenor changed the main talks. It was told that Major League Baseball will make a take-it-or-leave-it proposal by 5 p.m. today, which is when our show ends, 2 p.m. Pacific. More from Nightingale. The union is seeking $238 million in the luxury tax threshold in 2022. Then it goes up from there. The union is seeking an $85 million bonus pool that rises $5 million a year. And the last one from Nightingale, the two sides are $50,000 apart in their minimum salary proposal, which doesn't seem to be bad. So what's the big sticking point left? The owners don't want to go over this $214, $15 million threshold. Once they spend more than that, so let's look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers go over $215 million, then they get taxed. Dollar for dollar on all that. So they want to keep that number low. The the players want that number to go up to 245 million, 240 million because that's more money for them, the players. So if the owners have to commit to spending more money before they get taxed, that's more money for the players in the pool. Everybody get that? That's the big sticking point left. How much money are they apart overall? It seems like it's 35 to 40 million. When we're talking about a quarter of a billion dollars. So they should be able to get it done. And they're going to set a deadline today. And if the players don't like it and they balk, the owners are going to lock them out for a month. For a month. And they were close last night. Last night when I was on my other show, every 10 minutes there was an update that they're getting close. And they were working till about 1 in the morning. Now who cares about this? My kids don't. Bobby, you do. You're a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankee fan. My kids don't care. They grew up diehard baseball fans. They just don't care anymore. They love the they love the NFL. They love the Raiders, and they love their teams, the Lakers. They don't care. Young people don't want to understand what a CBT tax is. They don't know what collective bargaining means when they're in junior high school. And their parents are getting pissed off because there could be a lockout here. Baseball's got about two or three hours to get this right. And if they screw it up, we're going to lose opening day. I'm going to lose the first week or two of the season. It's going to screw up spring training. A lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. A lot of people that need to survive on this money from food trucks, hotels, chefs, people that work in hotels. And it looks like both sides are tone deaf. They don't care. It's a shame for baseball. Hey, when we come back, we're going to have some interesting discussions next hour. I got Dan Duva, the voice of the Golden Knights. He's always great. Coming up next, I have two investigative authors. George and Daryl Fosty, they wrote a book, and my friend is funding this, so I wanted to get these guys on, about where basketball was discovered. Everybody thinks James Naismith invented basketball in Springfield in 1891. These authors coming up will prove that's a lie. It was invented the year before in another city, and because Naismith has this vision of basketball starting, it affected the location of the Hall of Fame and the birthplace of basketball. Should be a very interesting conversation with these two investigative reporters on the birthplace of basketball and how a big number is at stake going forward that could change the home of basketball going forward.